da 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 Three's Company 2. Ugh, I've been going over it for at least the last hour. The last cold, dark hour. And over it. The stupid theme song was gunning its tinny engine in my head, revving up and grinding around and around and not going anywhere. That was bad enough. What was even worse, much worse, was that no matter how many times I repeated it, no matter how many times it kept replaying in my brain again and again, I couldn't pull up that line. It was maddening. If I'd had a gun handy, and I'm not saying I would have killed myself. I might have clicked the cylinder around a few times just to stare at the business end of the bullets, though. Part of it was that I was still, as my grandmother would have put it, a touch feverish. For a couple of weeks now, I'd been pretending a case of the flu was just a bad cold. I'd been pretending so long, I was getting fairly good at it. I was past the, I'd really like to roll over, but if I move I may just die, stage of the flu, that I was pretending was a cold. I was going to live, probably. A week ago, concrete had been shoveled into my nose and had seeped up into my sinuses and hardened. By now, it had loosened up. Some. I no longer felt like my eyeballs were slowly frying their way out of my head. I was improving. I wasn't going to jump up and qualify for the Olympic track trials anytime soon. I wasn't getting exhausted by those seven long steps I had to take from the bed to the bathroom, though. I was just feeling a little shaky and a little hot still. I'd self-diagnosed my condition. My medical expertise wasn't entirely reliable, but it did have the advantages of being cheap and not requiring me to sit in a doctor's waiting room. I prescribed for myself some cough syrup and went on the assumption that if a single dosage of the little plastic jigger that fit over the cap was good, a couple of them would be even better. So maybe that was making me a little squirrely too. Feverish or squirrely, I didn't have a good excuse for not remembering the stupid third line. I'd heard it sung five times a week, every week, all last semester. Toby Ingersoll, my roommate at Bettingfield College, had gone on this weird kick watching a cable channel in our room that played TV shows from the 70s. Every afternoon when I got back to the dorm after sitting through another 90 minutes of American literature, a postmodern perspective, Toby's butt, along with the rest of him, would be plopped in his beanbag chair. He'd gotten it, uh, the chair, not his butt, from a senior last year who didn't want to drag it home. The TV would be tuned to a channel where it was still the 70s and where comedies and dramas from that decade played 24 hours a day. Toby never missed an episode of a show about a guy who had to pretend to be gay so he could share an apartment with a couple of attractive girls. I think that was it. I wasn't as involved in the particulars of the show as Toby was. I should have paid more attention. I wouldn't be in the mess I was in right now, sleepless at 2.30 in the morning, and fixated on that idiotic third line and unable to get my mind out of neutral over it. Tucker's rule number 12. The more trivial the problem, the more it will be distracting. To be honest, though, that was not my biggest problem. Two days before, I'd said my goodbyes to Toby and to all those kooky, zany TV hits from the years of the Carter administration. Aloha to that divorced woman who worked at a diner somewhere out in TV land, the one with the uproariously funny customers. Adios to the cop show that took place in a gritty TV urban jungle. And now that I thought about it, Arrivederci to Bettingfield College, a comprehensive, very exclusive, but accommodating first-class liberal arts institute dedicated to secondary learning since its founding by Philander Bettingfield in 1857. 
to its gracious tree-lined campus located in Lancaster, New Hampshire, right between the banks of the scenic Connecticut River and the even scenic er, Great North Woods of the aforementioned great state of New Hampshire. You have, I said to myself, moved on. I was just going to skip some of the assorted festivities and uh, accoutrements, like a cap and gown uh, and a diploma. I don't usually talk too much to myself. Usually, I get out most everything I need to say to me fairly quickly and lucidly. But there was that lingering touch of fever, and the fact that I was sleeping, or trying to, on a futon at Chris Langley's place that smelled like his Irish setter, and it smelled that way because that's usually where Langley's Irish setter did sleep. I'd asserted evolutionary privilege and staked out my claim, at least for that evening.